the point being there's different stages in life and then how do you try navigate your best self in each of those stages so I think it's important that it's not just you recognize journeys on a plane going to different countries at this point in my life I'm, I'm certainly trying to navigate more who I am I'm Dr. Mark Rowe and welcome to my podcast In the Doctor's Chair As a family physician, my expertise is supporting people in the areas of positive health and lifestyle medicine. Join me in conversations that share life lessons, health habits and leadership practices, focusing on positive psychology, lifestyle medicine and ways that enable you to live with more vitality on purpose. Appreciating that when it comes to your vitality, that everything is so interconnected. Episodes will air weekly, and you can find me wherever you listen to your podcasts. And of course, on my website, drmarkrow.com. As a practicing family doctor with expertise in lifestyle as medicine, my purpose is to encourage and support you in terms of positive health, personal growth, and all things well-being. As I say, to never stop starting. Each month on a live webinar, I teach learning by doing and learning by being the why and the how of health enhancing habits, giving you the science as well as support strategies to live with more vitality. I'd like to invite you to join my self-development club. To learn more and to sign up, visit drmarkrow.com. So I'm delighted to be joined in the doctor's chair today by Declan Fitzgerald, who was a neighbour of mine growing up in Waterford. Declan, you're very welcome. Thank you very much for the invitation. Declan, I want to start by looking back and looking back to your childhood. You know, what influence did your childhood and your education and your upbringing have on your values and on the person you are today? I guess my childhood gave me an early signal to who I was as a person. The message the message was heavily influenced by my parents, my brother, my friends, teachers, priests. I, did, I played a lot of sport as a kid, you know. Mm music and I guess those those experiences or those influences kind of determined if I was kind or socially awkward or shy or likable it kind of gave me a sense of who I was in the world and it gave me a sense of who, what my value system was and what even values were and like as I think back on that time I was heavily influenced by my my parents as I said and they were Christians I was a Christian so I was influenced by the Christian way of living um I think I also was innately forming my own opinion around things and and things like being adaptive to the stresses in your life. I think sports sometimes teaches you that. Being resilient, being empathetic. There were words I didn't know what they meant, but I think reflecting back on them, there were certainly values that were evolving for me at a young age and that the ones that are kind of more, more of an understanding of what actually was happening at that time. But it was a huge influence for me, my childhood. And I think I'm very much, the person I am today is very much uh, being dictated by those very influential years. I mean, you mentioned sport and I mean, it's fair to say you're an outstanding soccer player. And I know you went to UCD on scholarship and that it didn't end well. Yeah, they've been very kind in your words. I'm not sure if outstanding compared to some of the players I've played with. It was certainly far better than I was. I was a humble enough soccer player and I guess I did reasonably well with soccer in that I was very fortunate to receive a scholarship from UCD to play soccer and study commerce. And at the time, I was thinking about, do I go to England? Do I try to mm. pursue a, a life in football? And I can remember being influenced by 
another Waterford man, Jim Beglin, mm. who went on to play for Liverpool and Great player. had a you know a wonderful career. And little did I know his his career was ended with a, a leg break, and so was mine. Mm. But I sat down with him, I remember, and then I had an offer to play for Shamrock Rovers at a four year contract on the table. I was considering do I try go to England, and he sat me down and said, look, at this stage, you, you'd probably be more recognized and already be over there if you were good enough. And that uh, he sat me down and explained to me, two or three percent of people that actually go make a living out of this. This is not easy. And that maybe you'd be better off doing what Kevin Moran did. When Kevin Moran is a famous Irish sports person who mm. he got a degree from UCD, but then he, he won an All-Ireland medal playing for the Dublin GAA team, which is a huge significant thing for those who are not Irish Mm. listening to this podcast i know you have followers from abroad it's 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 our national sport and it's the peak being able to get an all-ireland medal um and but he went on then to play for manchester united and had a wonderful career but at the age of 22 he went over so i was heavily influenced by that and decided to to go to ucd but then i broke my legs twice the first one i recovered after a year but the second one was career ending where i had a number of complications and still to this day have a lot of metal work in my leg and Mm. I can't feel my top three toes are bending very well. So luckily enough, I was able to fall back on my, my education. I mean, how was that at the time, Jack, when you broke your leg for the second time and looked like your football career was over? Was was that very hard to, to deal with? Yeah, it was difficult. And, and we're going back now to the late 90s, really. And the whole idea of mental health or support from a coaching mm. point of view wasn't really there. And it was a tough one for me because it was the last game of the year and my contract was finished at that stage. So there was no contract after. And I was left, I was living in an apartment at the time with other players. They were training Tuesday, Thursday nights, Saturday playing on Sunday. And yet I wasn't. This is something I loved and had deep passion for and started Mm. from, you know, when I was knee height to a grasshopper and all of a sudden, boom, it's gone. So I struggled with that mentally for a period of time, but I saw it as a source of energy for me going forward. Thankfully, it never got to a very dark scenario where I was really falling in upon myself or got depressed or highly anxious. It was more just frustration. Mm. It was the determination to get back. And I kind of got back, but not at the level that I was at. So I was kind of trying to recover um, and just being frustrated that the body wouldn't do what the brain wanted it to do. So it was a tough time in my life. But isn't it great you had the education, to, as you say, to fall back on? Yeah, very fortunate that I had done reasonably well academically. And that I had chosen to go to UCD and get a career there from commerce. And I find myself, in many ways, I think there was a lot of fortune there to have made that decision when I was a young man to kind of not go to pursue the other avenues as mentioned and and take on take on the education because you know, since then I've had friends who've come back and they've had difficult times transi- transitioning into employment for example and just finding normal mm. normal work so it's not lost on me the privilege I've had to have a good education and then be able to to marry the the, the lessons you learn in sport and bring it into a work environment then. Mm. a wise person once said you know perhaps you can you can do anything in life but you certainly can't do everything and we all need to really focus on you know, what is it that, that's important to us and and not get distracted by other issues? Yeah, very, very wise words. And I think you do have to make choices in your life and, you know, you need to come to decisions and crossroads come your way. And by God, does it influence the destinations of where you end up going? Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think, I think education is just so important and, you know, it certainly stood to me and it's something that I, I have a huge um, desire to kind of, put in front of my children of which I have three 
make sure that they they lean heavily into that as well. Mm, that's wonderful. I know you've got a great value on education, Dex, and I know that comes comes from your own family as well. I mean, do you pass that on not just to your own children, but do you mentor people in your career now? Have you benefited from mentoring yourself? Yeah, I've I've, I've been the recipient of lots of mentors in my life and even just recently in my work, I was lucky enough to be uh, mentored around the whole topic of diversity, equity and inclusion, mm. where I got access to a, a civil civil rights leader in the US who was able to kind of explain to me things like justice, privilege, mm. uh, power dynamics and try mm. understand, you know, how the world I'm living in and the job that I have and the responsibilities that I have can influence other people around me. Mm. So I've certainly been the benefactor of that. And I am um, mentoring some people in my own life uh, on, on the work side, uh, mostly. Mm. But I think everyone needs a coach. I think everyone needs a mentor. I think it's very hard to pull out your own full potential from yourself. And quite often, it's that other person that can kind of give you the helping hand. Maybe they've had some hard fought wisdom in their life that they can impart on you so that you don't have to maybe bump into mm. certain boulders coming your way. Or maybe it's just someone to listen and let you have the space to be able to try to decide, you know, how to solve a particular problem. But I think the ability to step out of yourself, mm. seek other inputs, and then be able to maybe step back into yourself and then try um, take it certain direction. I see huge value in that. And I'm mm. certainly trying to help other people uh, in relation to that. I think that's great. And I, I'm like you, I'm a great believer in lifelong learning to never stop growing, never stop developing yourself. And we learn from others. There, there's always so much to learn from other people, yeah. um, whether it's listening, whether it's looking at what they're doing in their own life, um, sometimes even just reflecting from experiences they've had and seeing how they might apply in your own life. And of course, then, you know, sharing that wisdom with other people is, is a great way to deepen the, the learnings as well. Couldn't agree more. So if you were to look back, Declan, at your 22-year-old self now, we were, we, were, we were there a few minutes ago after you broke the leg the second time. What would you say to that younger version of you now? I think I'd say go out there and have a lot of fun and enjoy yeah. yourself. Um, but I'd say pay attention to keep learning. Um, make sure that you don't take the eye off that. Um, because I think it's just such an important thing in life. I'd say surround yourself with good people as mm. best you can. And then I'd say, you know, live, live a strong value system and, 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 and make sure you've got a good, strong, you know, moral compass, but mostly have fun. See the confidence in yourself to go forward and, and know that things will be all right. Now, things may not be all right, but I choose to lead my life with that mental state. And I'd say to my 22-year-old, now, you're at a time in your life where you need to go out and explore and enjoy yourself. And there's plenty of work coming your way. So get ready for that. So enjoy it while you can. <laughs> and I know, Declan, you've traveled a lot over the years. I mean, I know, I know you've got a great interest in, you know, Eastern philosophy and you have a very broad sense of, 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 of the world as, as, a, as, a, as a small place, I suppose, having traveled. You know, how, how has your traveling impacted your worldview? It's 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 always nice to get, you know, my father used to say to me, go get your degree, but then get your degree in life, really, and go travel. Mm. And, you know, my identity has changed through traveling. I used to look at life from the pers per perspective of I was, you know, born in the same place you were, Mark, Lismore Park. And then mm. I was a Waterford man. Then I was Irish. Then I was European. Then I was, you know, part of the world. I think right now I feel more like a global citizen first. Mm -hmm. But I think it's 
very dependent on who asks you that question. So identity is a really interesting one because, mm. you know, if someone from our locality asked me, where are, you, where are you from or who are you? I would probably answer it very differently to, if, you know, an alien landed and said, who are you? I'd probably exp- explain that very differently. So I think, ed- I think travel has challenged me to think about who I am, where I am in the world right now. Mm-hmm. And then um, it's, it's educated me and, and it's, it's given me a lot of learnings. It's taught me to enjoy experience, experiences over things. It's taught me to leave my comfort zone and try new things. Um, mm-hmm. It's given me appreciation of the differences that exist out in the world. And that can be on a whole number of dimensions, but certainly the differences in how people look at life and how they live their life. It's taught me to be patient. I, I think it's taught, it's taught me to enjoy transience as well. And you know, when you travel mm-hmm. a lot, you sometimes just have fleeting moments and it might be conversations or friendships for a number of hours or things you see and to really grab that and enjoy it. And mm. it's, it's, it's just been a huge, um, like I took a year out when I was 30 and decided to travel. And part of that was on the result of the sport um, not going in the direction that I wanted to uh, in relation to the injuries. And looking back on it now, that was one of the best decisions of my life. And I feel very fortunate now and find myself in moments when I reflect back on what I was doing that year and, and how much I learned. And it's a real pillar now in my life that I can draw back to in terms of any times I'm feeling anxious or stressed, I can always relate back to those times. And I think it's it's been a huge um, huge teacher of my uh, traveling. And I look forward to doing hopefully a bit more. Yeah, so it really sounds like it's taught you so much. And, you know, I love that saying you said earlier that, that your dad shared with you, go get your degree and then go get your degree in life. I think that's such a wonderful um, saying. The University of Life being such a powerful teacher. Yeah, it really is. And, you know, we're not all fortunate enough to travel. And I think, you know, my, my father didn't travel. He mm. didn't, he didn't um, spend much time out of Ireland. But he said to me, I, I travel inside. Mm. And I think there's the element then of, the outside and the inside mm. and I think it's just as important that you try understand self and who mm. you are and I think we all go through different stages in life I'm kind of a fan of I'm a fan of um, kind of breaking down your life into stages and I think you know, Shakespeare talked about this in terms of how he categorized and it was the seven ages of man I think he talked about mm. there's other psychologists out there Eric Erickson and you may be familiar with his work. Where he talks about you know, psychosocial development and different stages. And I think Freud had a model. The point being, there's different stages in life. And then how do you try navigate your best self in each of those stages? So I think it's important that it's not just you recognize journeys on a plane going to different countries. At this point in my life, I, I'm, I'm certainly trying to navigate more who I am. Yes. What stage am I at right now? And can I be my best self at this stage as a parent, you know, as someone in my you know, mid forties and uh, someone who maybe doesn't have the, the same energy I used to have as that 22 year old man. Um, so I think, I think that's the other part that I'm you know, trying to just analyze a bit more. Well, you know, you're so right. I mean, the only day any of us has is today. 
you know, the past is gone. The future hasn't hasn't come. And and simply give being able to give your full attentive awareness, uh, give as you said, to give the best of yourself to the one day you have, which is today, to ground yourself in presence today, um, is a real gift. And you know, just when you were speaking there, I was thinking of Marcus Aurelius, who's written one of my all time favorite books, Meditations, uh, which of course he didn't even write as a book. He just wrote it as a sort of a journal to himself, which was subsequently published after his death. But he talks about how, you know, you don't have to go to the far distant hills to go on a retreat. You can go on a retreat anytime you like into your own mind to give yourself a little bit of quiet time, a little bit of stillness to really reflect on who you are. And of course, as you get to know yourself better, uh, you can do better in your own life, in your career, in your relationships, in your goals, um, in your quest to be that better version of you for yourself and others in the world. And um, as you said, you know, getting to know yourself, being present at each stage is is the challenge and the opportunity. Yeah, I think one of the, I, I, I couldn't agree with you more, Mark. Like I've been fortunate enough to spend time in Greece and, mm. you know, you've got the maxims of Delphi, which mm-hmm. are, you know, we're at the Temple of Apollo. And, you know, the two main maxims that were at the front door of that temple were know thyself and nothing in excess. Yes. And I just think, I think the know thyself one, I have, you know, Oscar Wilde challenged that and he said, it's, they got it wrong. It's not know thyself, it's be thyself. Mm. And I think there's, there's, um, there's a journey we all go on from trying to know oneself, but then you get to a point where you are, you are yourself. It's like, I'm, this is it. This yes. is who I am. And there's a confidence that comes with experience and age, I think. And yes, I think, being thyself arguably mm. is in higher order of, of oh, I would. maybe of maybe what to be. So I think I think Marcus Aurelius and meditations are, are huge lessons in trying to go on that journey from knowing to being. Mm. And I certainly feel that the being part is harder, uh, even though the knowing part is so difficult as well. Well, you're so right, because there's a gap between knowing what to do and knowing um, who you are, or who you potentially are, and actually living that day to day, which is the being. And uh, so, to to be is obviously a higher place than to do, but it may be even higher than to be is actually, as you said, being the simple gift of being present without judgment. Um, you know, mindfulness, paying attention on purpose in the present moment, non judgmentally, not not to judge yourself, to simply be who you are when you're fully there. I mean, I think that is, that's the, the greatest gift there is that you can give yourself and those people you're engaging with at that moment. And of course, it sounds so simple and it can be so difficult. <laughs> trying our best, We're trying our best. But it's it's just trying your best and it's, it's understanding that it's not about trying to be perfect. It's about progress. And sometimes, as you said, to be your best self at every stage in life. But maybe it's sometimes to recognize that at times being good enough is simply more than good enough. And just to stay true to yourself and your values and to stay in contention. As I say, it's life's a marathon. So, you know, it doesn't, not, nothing, Rome doesn't have to be built in a day. Yeah, it's so true. I so, so I so, so, so much agree with it. everything you've just said, Demma. Declan, you, I know you very well, and I know you're somebody that really values health and uh how do you stay healthy yourself these days yeah it's a, it's a question i've long i've thought long and hard about and mm. as you know um my my father died recently and it was a real inflection mm-hmm. point for me where i started to think about my own health mm-hmm. and i think it starts with a curiosity around your own health iq how much mm-hmm. do you know how much do you mm-hmm. understand i think you've done podcasts on the basic metrics i guess that we we think about when you have a body and things like your 
your your weight, your you know what's happening with your blood, your oxygen, so on and so forth. And I was quite ignorant around some of that, and I I made a decision to to read heavily and to really start digging into it. I made the decision to spend time with you and do a full diagnostic, which was really great time, mm-hmm. uh, well spent, and that gave me a sense of just some of my indicators where mm-hmm. I am right now with certain things. And I think the journey starts for me. You got to measure things if you want to improve them. I'm, I'm a big believer in that. And I was at a point at my, you know, point in my life where we, you know, two or three years ago when I started to think that it's not just about my lifespan, it's my health span. Like mm. what quality of life will I have? And if I can make changes now, like can I push the curve out so that not only may I live longer, but I live, I live healthily longer. And I really started to dive into that. And there was a whole variety of books I read from, you know, James Nestor on breath, which I thought mm-hmm. was a wonderful book, you know, mm-hmm. The Oxygen Advantage by our own Patrick uh, McCowan, you know, Lifespan by David Sinclair. Yes. Um, you know, I listen to podcasts then, which sometimes you don't get a chance to read as much with the kids, but, you know, Dr. Rangan Chatterjee in the UK or mm-hmm. Matt Walker's podcast on sleep or, mm-hmm. you know, there's so, there's so much information out there right now. So I was looking for high quality information that I felt this is reliable. This is a true source. Even talking to you and going, Mark, do you think that's like listening to mm-hmm. what you are reading uh, was important for me? And I guess I've distilled it down to a variety of things. I think having that curiosity around health is important and then trying to find true data sources that you can rely on uh, to influence you. And then sleep is incredibly important, mm-hmm. but also breathing. And I think I underestimated the the breathing part in terms of how to fuel the body and particularly, you know, getting into a little bit more detail around you know, using your nose more rather than your mouth, you know, nitric oxide and that influence rather than just heart, you know, oxygen. And diet obviously is very important. Um, and exercise is, is, is very important, but I'm, I'm, I'm very much at the point now where I'm trying to think about all of those in unison. So it's not just any particular thing. It, it's the lifestyle. It's, mm. it's all of it. It's my purpose it's my community. It's those things we've mentioned. Mm. It's about the marriage of all of that together mm. into something that is reasonable, not something that for me is, is I do it now and I can't keep up with that, man, man, maintain that level of standard around the discipline. Maybe it's, can I do this consistently and can I do it for the long term? And can I just pick one thing every six months and maybe try change? And in the case of you and I, we talked about maybe sleep for one thing in six months. Mm-hmm. The next thing might be the breathing. The next thing might be, you know, the food around cholesterol or blood fat or whatever mm-hmm. it is that you need to do. But I'm a big believer in reading, trying to understand. So defining the problem statement, then maybe do a little bit of design thinking around is there other people that can help you define it or understand it? And then small iterative things and, and concentrating just on one thing, mm-hmm. one thing. And then can we create um, a system? And I think, I think we all aspire to goals, but I think quite often it's the systems that we create behind the goals. We fall to the level of our systems rather than rise to the level of our goals. Mm. And I think it's about creating that, that system uh, is really important. Yeah, well, well said, Declan. And I really like how you really embrace the idea of positive changes as opposed to negative changes. In other words, moving towards positive things that are enhancing your health, like getting more sleep or looking at more exercise or more quality time in your, in your, in your key relationships or whatever it might be. And that you're a patient, um, you know, that you have pr- perspective that, it, that it's a long-term goal 
to maximize your health span and really add life to your years. And Rome isn't built in a day. And, you know, if you try and change too much too quickly, things are likely to topple over. And as you said, two things I really like there, be realistic. You know, you're living your life as well. And health is a very important part of it, but you're busy or other things are going on as well. And secondly, to really understand what you clearly do, how interconnected and interrelated all the various elements of your health and well-being really are. Your sense of purpose, your relationships, your emotional health, your mental health, your physical health, the environments you spend your time in, the self-development work you do in terms of reading, um, how you, you know, build health enhancing or health depleting habits, how you use your willpower to support you. All of these things coming in together um, can really make a big difference over time. Yeah, they really can. And I'm a big believer in trying to understand time. How do you use time to the best you can? Because it's it's such a huge resource that we, you know, we have a finite number for. And I like the idea of micro management of small chunks of time. Mm. I'm talking about one minute. Like if you've got one minute, what can you do? And then what's the environment around you to stimulate you so that you can use those small amounts mm-hmm. of time as best you can? And, you know, I, I quite often try to just do small habits that are mm-hmm. connected to something. If I'm, wash, if I'm brushing my teeth, is there something I can do for that minute that maybe is a positive step in the right direction for, mm-hmm. for health? Or if, you know, if I've got five minutes, what can I do with that? And even if it's just one or two things in the day I do where I maybe punching at the air a bit or stretching my, you know, lifting something or just stretching. Um, I think I think things compound and the law of compounding nature is just such a beautiful, mm. it's such a beautiful thing that we have. And those little micro moments add up. I've learned that in life and I constantly think about that when I'm thinking about my day because it can be hard to break away and get that hour, that half an hour to do something. And while I like to try to do some of that and program it into my calendar, I'm quite often just thinking about, right, do I just lift up the three-year-old here for a minute and start almost using them like a dumbbell? I know. Or, or what can I do here for a few minutes? And, and I'm enjoying that. I'm enjoying that element mm. of it. Whether it's putting me in the right direction in life or not, or whether I maintain that, let's see. But I've been doing it for a few years and it's working for me. Well, I think it's a brilliant point you're making about time because you know one, one of the things I've seen in the practice over the years is that I'm always interested in why people don't build new habits. What, what are the barriers to people becoming more physically active? And, and a lot of people fool themselves into thinking, I don't have an hour, as you said. I don't have time to go to the gym. But of course, you don't need an hour to exercise. You can simply exercise by doing a few little squats for 60 seconds. You can dampen the stress response with a little pause technique that I teach. You know, Again, it's a micro moment of positivity. It only takes about 60 seconds. As you said, a minute is a valuable piece of time that you can use to do something that's health enhancing. And those small positive changes compound over time. I mean, that's the key thing. Mm. The things you do repeatedly day in and day out, they really do add up. Yeah, I'm, I'm a really big believer of that. Mm. And, you know, it, it could be as simple as leaning against the wall. Like you could look a bit strange sometimes when you're doing it, but, you know, it's time management. And I think it's prioritization of that time. And, and I think the, the thing about habits as well is it takes time to form a habit. It does. And you've got to be patient with it. Mm-hmm. But there's this kind of Rubicon that you cross that if you've done it, say, for a certain period of time, maybe a week, all of a sudden it becomes that bit easier. Mm-hmm. Like we've often talked about um, you know, time restricted eating. Mm-hmm. And currently, uh, as you know, I don't have a breakfast. And I've just chosen to try eat my food within 
you know, 12 hour windows. But I found that very difficult to do for, I would say, three weeks. And mm-hmm. now it's just the norm. Mm-hmm. I feel and, and part of the reason I did that was to get more energy because I felt my energy was a bit lower in the afternoons. Yes. Now, it works for me. And it's, it, it, was, it was a choice you know, I made to read up on, on, on whether I mm-hmm. thought that was the right approach to take. But it's hard to form those habits. And I, I think you just have to try stick with them a little bit and realize it's going to be mm-hmm. hard. The body needs to adapt. Give it that little bit of time. And if you could just see through that bit of time, um, you might just form a habit for the rest of your life. You'd never Absolutely. Know. Be patient, be persistent and wrap yourself in self-compassion for not being perfect along the way. I think that's a really good way to look at any positive change you want to bring into your life, Declan. Can I ask you, Declan, for our listeners, three take homes for a resilient mind? I think the learning part is really important. So learn about resilience. Mm-hmm. You know, what is it? have you is there people out there you know that are resilient can they share with you what it is try try just understand what what resilience is and for me it's the ability to pick your up pick yourself up again there's a lovely japanese saying which is fall seven times stand up eight Mm. and i think the ability to go well what is resilience and i and it's an important thing that you can develop so you can develop resilience so i'd say become become a student of it Mm -hmm. um I think for me, there's a mindset around it as well, which is you know, some of the biggest challenges I've ever had in my life. I can remember being very influenced by an interview that um, President Clinton did just when he was coming out of his second term as presidency of America. And he was, he's been interviewed by a, a journalist from The Guardian in the UK. And he asked him if you had any if you had any um, if you had any wisdom to share with the leaders of the world, what would it be? And he said, when confronted with a big problem, choose to look towards the light rather than the darkness mm-hmm. and if le- more leaders could do that at the inception of trying to solve a problem the world would be a better place and that had an actual profound effect to me then that when you have difficult times in your life can you just choose to look towards the light can you choose to look towards the positive rather than wallowing the negative and i sincerely try to do that when i'm confronted with challenges and i think that has helped me to foster a resilient mind and i think the third thing about resilience is learn how to recharge I've mm-hmm. pushed my body too much sometimes um, mm-hmm. and I've learned the hard way that you need mm-hmm. to take the foot off the accelerator mm-hmm. uh, on occasions and, and the importance of learning what it means to slow down, learning what it means to, to breathe properly, to rest properly, to create an environment where you're, you, you, you just stop and then go again. I think that, that replenishment has been a journey I've gone on. I just can't emphasize enough that's helped me with my resilience because you can recognize there's boundaries and sometimes you push yourself so much then you realize, well, that is my boundary that I shouldn't have got to that point. And quite often there's a point where you could have just rested and then you wouldn't have got there. So I think the, the art of resting is really important. Brilliant, Declan. So what you're really saying is being a student of resilience, searching for the, for the positive in experiences and thirdly learning to switch off and to recharge from stress i think that's really really important set of ideas to give our listeners and finally declan can i ask you for you what is the meaning of life that's a tough one mark i'm still trying to figure that one out i think it's loving and being loved i think at the heart of it all i'd like to think that i can leave this world in a better place than how i found it Mm -hmm. Um, i'd like to think that I can enjoy myself, but at the same time, contribute to society. And maybe, 
you know, look after my kids to the point that maybe they can do the same going forward. And I think the meaning for life, the meaning from for for life for me in many ways is, you know, we mentioned there's different stages as a human being, and I hope that you know if I can live a long, you know, a long a long enough or healthy enough life that at mm. some point I can look back at my life on a on a vista of maybe seven mountains if we say seven stages and say that in each of those stages of my life I try to do the try to be my best self and that I try to add to to society and I try to help the world and I think again surrounding that with the people you love and trying to accept love and give love if I can look back at life and see a vista of maybe different levels of heights and mountains but a few high ones where maybe I've achieved some of that I'd be I'd be happy man. Declan that's a wonderful way to end our podcast conversation today keep leading and inspiring keep learning keep loving as you said and keep building a legacy of rich service and lasting contribution and simply inspiring others to be their purpose in the world, as well as you being your own. Declan, it's been an absolute pleasure having you. Thank you so much. Likewise. Thanks very much, Mark. Thank you for listening to my podcast, In the Doctor's Chair. For further resources to support you to live with more vitality, please visit my website, drmarkrow.com. 